What up, what up, what up, San Antonio, Austin, Del Rio, people up in Tyler, people up in the Shaw City, people down the whole 305 South Florida region. You're tuning here to the Tuesday edition of the Sports Grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, Mr. Sam spinning the one and twos. 1-800-707-9760 is your number to participate. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. Make sure you continue to visit their website. Check out all their latest products. They have new products coming in every week. You can shop for the comforts of your own home as well also. And this first segment of the day is going to be sponsored by Way to Grow. Way to Grow is a full-service landscaping company that can handle all your residential or commercial needs. You can get a free estimate by going to waytogrowlandscape.net. That is Way to Grow, official sponsor of the Sports Crime. 1-800-707-9760. If you know what you want to talk about, it is open phone lines. Feel free to give us a call. Anything that was discussed on yesterday's show, if you didn't have an opportunity to call, uh, you can go ahead and parlay that over to today. And anything that we're discussing on the docket today that you want to weigh in and give your opinion on, feel free to do that as well. We just ask you to be patient during the breaks and during the segments, and we'll get to the phone calls accordingly. If you need to follow me or reach out to me, don't forget you can do that on Twitter, at SportsGrind. Also, if you want to stream the show live and participate and leave comments, you can do that by logging on to the business page of SportsGrind Entertainment or going to my personal page, and you can stream the show and leave comments, and we'll read those if they're appropriate and they fit with the conversation. Also, if you miss any of the uh, daily uh, shows, you can always go and download the podcast by going to sportsgrindonline.com where you can check that podcast out every day. 1-800-707-9760. What's up, Mr. Clark? Ready to rock and roll. Mr. Sams? What's up, fellas? How we doing? All right, man. It is Tuesday as the sports world rolls on. Got some things to get to today, of course. Um, we put a bow on the college basketball season last night. Definitely we'll ta- uh, start there here shortly. Uh, other news, big news, of course, been talking about in the show, but of course this is Masters Week. And um, the big cat has been spotted. He had a press conference today and says for the most part that, you know, as of today, he plans on playing. Sandy's going to play another nine holes tomorrow. It's all about recovery. I talked about this yesterday and told you that I feel that a lot of this had to do with this is one of those courses that are not easy to walk, 18 holes. And he kind of talked about that, that that's pretty much the challenges. But the thing that's getting me out of all this is, again, um, we're talking about a guy that I think is 46 now, I believe, 46 years of age. Um that is coming off of almost losing his leg, being amputated. And this crash, keep in mind, took place in February of 2021. Okay. Um, And to hear him talk, um, didn't watch the press conference in entirety, but caught the last five or seven minutes of it. But to hear him talk about and be asked the question, because, you know, Things that Tiger, and when you're one of the greats, like in any particular sport, but especially in an individual sport like golf, everything you say is going to be documented in regards to people are going to come back and ask you about it. And, of course, with Tiger, he's always made it be known that, hey, if I, if I show up, especially in majors, I never show up just to show up. I show up with the intentions to win. And, you know, he was asked a question today, like, hey, granted, you've always said if you show up to a tournament, especially a major, you expect to win. What do you think about that? How do you feel on that? Do you think you have 
Hey, Sean. And Tiger said, hey, he goes, you know, um, I plan on playing as of today. He said, but yeah, he goes, I feel like, you know, the game is, is good and I do have intentions to compete, to try to win. Let me tell you something. Tiger Woods and, you know, there's been this debate even on this show back in the day and even amongst everybody else about the field and the competition of where these young guys have been in the last eight years or so about what he would be able to do um, in regards to in his prime against a field this deep. Would he have as many majors? Would he, you know, would he, you know, be as dominant as we, we saw him at the peak? And I've always said yes, because it's rarity of what he said. I don't care what era it was in and especially how deep these guys are. Cause it tells me for two things. Cause none of these guys have been able to really wear the number one crown for that long per se, I don't expect anybody to run off as many majors as he, you know, the tire slam, this and that. We've had some guys that have had some success. You know, he, he kind of made it look easy. But I'll tell you this. They cannot let this guy come off of, I don't know, maybe seven, eight hours of surgery, you know, on the first go around and then have to go back again um, and even be anywhere close to the leaderboard. Um in the top 10. I think the expectations for me is just the fact to tee off on Thursday. Now, I know with Tiger, it's always more expectations of that. But the questions I have that I'm looking at is like, you know, is this one of the things that guys been looking for post-divorce, post-scandal? Well, I should say first post-scandal, post-divorce, and post-arrest, and then post-car crash. Is this the one thing he's been looking for, for that motivation to be like? Because, I mean, this is a guy that's a student of the game and history of the game. And I brought it up with the Ben Hogan situation, but Ben Hogan was, you know, younger at the time. Is this a, is this the situation that he's been looking for to really motivate him, uh, you know, to get back for the last few years of, you know, competitive golf to really make a run at this. Because if you listen to Fred Couples, which I take what Freddie Couples says with him about a grain of salt, because Freddie Couples has a good relationship with Tiger of everything I've heard, read over the years. But Freddie said he, I mean, it comes down to where if he can walk 18 holes from the practice rounds of what he's seen, he could look at, you know, he could be, he should be in contention. Now, uh, there's some people that when he played with his son, Charlie, you know, at the Pro-Am months back, um, people that have heard about his practice around, some people feel like his game is better than it was before the wreck. Okay, now that's not that hard for me to believe because, again, you're going to rehab, trying to walk again and doing all that. There's things that you got to start from scratch in regards to the fundamentals of what you're limited to do. So there's probably a lot of times on his property that he was just basically swinging and chipping because that's all he could do, you know, before he could even swing off of a tee. Um that part is interesting to me. So to me, I think the expectations, if he tees up and just makes it Thursday to tee up and play 18 holes, I think that's a victory sooner than what people expected. But if he's, if this guy's really, you know, I was telling Jones before, early before the air, it's like, you know, the Caesar sports book, I mean, they had him at 50 to one odds and he's still at that most part. But after the conference, he dropped down to 45 to one. Now keep in mind, this is a course that he knows like the back of his hand. You know, it's like turning the lights off in your house. I mean, you know where everything is when the light's off. I mean, Augusta is one of those that, you know, they've made some tweaks here and there over the years, but he understands where everything else. But I'm looking at the big picture of that if he can complete physically, you know, standing for 18 holes and walking for two days, even if he doesn't make the cut come Friday, and he's going to get back on tour. I mean, I never think he's – I think the days, even prior to the wreck, I think the days of him being – 
full-time tour guy is gone. But if he can set his schedule up to where he can play maybe one or two small tournaments leading up to majors and just compete in the four majors and, and as long as he wants to stay competitive on the PGA Tour and he can really compete after coming what he's gone through, I think it adds a whole nother chapter to the Tiger Woods legacy um, and to, you know, to his legacy that's already kind of cemented and really to where he's trying to add the icing on the cake to go. I mean, he might never catch Jack. He might never win another one. Maybe the Masters he won a couple years ago was the last one he'll get. But I did not anticipate him being back this soon. I didn't at the day of the wreck. Like I said yesterday, I came in here and I thought that was going to be it because I figure, you know, you, I've never had one, thank God. Uh, well, I've had one, but not I thought I was. But a near-death experience. Um, usually they tell you no matter whether you're Tiger Woods or the average John Doe, it changes you. It brings a piece. So when I heard that, I was like, you know what, this guy, he has nothing else to prove. Uh, got generational wealth, has nothing else to do. I don't expect him trying to get back. And when you hear all these things of how he looks in practice, if you hear him talk at the press, I'm like, man, this guy's really come back to finish this out on his terms since he's on technically the 18th green. I say he's on the 17th green of his career that he's really trying to come back uh, to really try to figure out if he can win a couple more on his way out. As cool as that would be, 2022 has not been the year of the storybook. Tom Brady didn't have the opportunity to go out on top. Coach K just had his run ended. So I think that as far as Tiger, and and Tiger's drawing plus 800 for a top five finish and plus 500 for a top 10 finish too. He's ahead of a field that would include uh, Bubba Watson and Sergio Garcia and Patrick Reed. So he's drawing better number th- numbers than those guys. So I like him to go almost like again, just kind of looking at the overall storyline and getting so close. This is not from a, a guy who follows golf closely. Couldn't could hardly tell you how it scored how it scored outside of putt putt. <laughs> All right, but but looking from the journalistic side to the story, I think it will it, it's set up for for this big big moment. But I think it would just come up short again well, in 2022. I, well, look, I don't think anybody is expecting him to win a major in 2022. But I don't think anybody's really expecting him to sniff around it either. I think it depends on – I mean, there has to be realistic expectations for this. Due to the fact that this guy is coming off and hasn't played a competitive round of golf since 2020, um, I think that's right, uh, even before the crash – to see that he's even favored more than some of these guys that's been full tour says a lot. If he just makes the cut, that says a lot. Because I don't think any agree, of these yeah. guys, I don't think, look, the three young guys I've cut for over the last five or six years has been Kepka, um, Spieth, and uh, my personal favorite uh, has been... Um, Bryson? No, not Bryson. Um <laughs> Jason Day, because I just like his story. He's just a good guy, it seems like. Never met him, whatever. But but Jordan Spieth and Kepka are the two guys that have shown me that if there's anybody that can have some mental toughness, that he, my whole point is, is that none of these guys, even those guys I speak of, none of these guys could take off two years of golf, a year and a half competitive golf, and come back to even be 
somewhat competitive. That's why he, in my opinion, that's why he is the GOAT. I mean, I know the Bear, the Golden Bears, technically he still got 18. He hadn't got there yet. But the reality of it is none of these guys. And don't let him find a way to win another. Because I think that this is – because first of all, the big question, the win to me – is that the passer buyer, like say you say you can't even score it outside putt putt. The passer buyer, I'm not talking about the Andy Everts of the world. Right. I'm talking about the passer buyer. Are you gonna watch this weekend? See, that's the thing that the, the the control that he has, not even from the golf. This is a story. Like I said, we crowned a national championship in basketball last night, which one of the weirdest games that I've ever one of them watched in the seesaw and a historic comeback from sixteen points down. And this press conference is the lead story. Him even having the opportunity to tee up and walk 18 at Augusta is a lead story. So my question for everybody else, this weekend, I understand there's Fiesta in town. Some people participate in that or not, whatever. Your Spurs might be able to lock up a play-in spot tonight. But the question is, are you going to watch? you damn right you're going to pay attention to. Even if you don't care golf, even if you don't even like Tiger Woods, this is a guy, like I said, that had his, almost lost his leg that is basically, if you look at out of the footage that you've seen him at Augusta, and you just if you just came down from Mars and had no idea that this guy was in a wreck or who he was, you put him in what he looks at practice, you would now, again, the tale's going to be when he walks, but after his body feels after Thursday, and the, and I told you yesterday, the rain is a big deal of that because of the whole situation about how your body feels. I mean, Tiger probably set off. I mean, TSA he probably set off to going through the metal detector at an airport. He's got so much metal in him, man. We ain't even talking about the back surgeries and now legs and screws. Come on, man. And these guys and he couldn't compete. At these dudes could. Compete. It would be harder for him to win because he's playing in the field of these guys back in the prime. Stop it. I mean, because that sounds like a guy to me that's like, hey, my game's this and this, but don't let him come and win another one. I'm not, I'm not even talking about this year. I'm talking about before he says, and I've always said that I believe Tiger feels he's bigger than the I, – I think Tiger, he's not going to be a senior tour guy. I really don't believe that. I've always said I don't think he's going to play the senior tour. I would like to see him on the scene, but I don't think so. Tiger's going to go as long as he can play competitive golf on the PGA, and then after that he'll go off in his businesses, go off and design more golf courses, but I this just don't let him get another one anytime soon after pretty much rolling over seven times on Dead Man's Curve somewhere in Los Angeles. That's all I'm telling you. I think that's where it was in L.A. sometime or San Fran, somewhere up there where the wreck was. Anyway, so that's a big thing. But the passerby, you can't call him and tell me you ain't watching. You ain't paying attention. You're going to tune in. You're going to see. And then if he's if he's anywhere in the top ten or top five come Sunday – you damn sure is going to because the the golfing guys and the in the in the in the commissioner of the PGA and and Hootie and the boys at at, at Augusta they popping champagne to see this this guy just walked up in there like like it's it's almost down there part in the Red Sea when he walks up Magnolia Lane because like damn he's here he made it because he moves the needle man and none of these guys there's big shoes to fill I don't put expectations on them but at the end at forty six he moves the needle like that. It's the lead story at 46. Won't see it again in our lifetime. Not in mine. Not 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 in mine. So not somebody in that sport of that because I thought he was truly done. Well, don't forget he overcame the odds in 2019 yeah. to win the Masters. And this year, again, to just add to the story, the narrative of it all, 25 years ago was his first win in Augusta. 
Yeah, that's the, I mean, and that burped it all for me. I mean, I'm, I mean, I followed him at Stanford. I remember seeing the junior championships in college going after it. I knew it was a phenom, and I was like, you know, I don't know a damn thing about golf, but I'm going to pay attention to this guy when he gets to tour, you know, and saying for, for that much. But, you, I mean, to go from people saying, ah, he's never catching 18 now, nah, and this is after the scandal, divorce, whatever, and then you go to a life-changing, almost kill, die accident, and then you survive, but you almost have your leg amputated, and you would go after and find a way to catch Jack after that, or even if you tie him, that would be that's probably one of the all-time great stories, and it would be rare, in my opinion, even though that was way before my time, it would be five, seven times more impressive than Ben Hogan, because like I said, Ben Hogan, you know, who almost lost his life to a greyhound accident, he was a lot, he was about ten years younger than I think where Tiger is right now. 10 to 12 years younger, if I can't, if I'm not mistaken. So you've got that going on. Like I said, that's the biggest story today. Also, uh, NBA, we'll get into your Spurs in action tonight in Denver. You know, can they get a win on the road this late in the season against a playoff team, a, a true-seeded playoff team? And the way things are shaking out, if they win tonight and the Lakers lose, then the Lakers eliminate and the Spurs lock in at least to their 10th spot and the play-in game. So we definitely got to talk about that. Magic Johnson says he knows exactly how much blame he's given out who to L.A., and he kind of let the beans out about LeBron and the decision that he decided that probably cost them to be in this situation. We'll talk about that. We got to talk about that trade between the Saints and Philly. I see Philly working, and this is why it proves that this will always be a copycat league, and if you're not down, you if your team's not down, you better get on board if you're in that situation, and we'll get into that. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back. Ready for a real cocktail? Introducing new Zing Zang ready-to-drink cocktails in a can. America's number one Bloody Mary mix with vodka. Zing Zang margaritas, tequila included. And whiskey sours with real Kentucky bourbon. Ready for no one to have to bartend. Real cocktails, real ingredients, really good. New Zing Zang full-strength canned cocktails. Legendary taste, legendary day. Always ready. Go to ZingZang.com to find where to buy. Please Zing Zang responsibly. If you've been accused of a crime, you need trusted and aggressive representation. You need the LaHood Norton Law Group. Over 80 years of combined experience handling both federal and state cases. All of their lawyers are former high-level prosecutors who know the justice system from all sides. For a free consultation, 210-797-7700 or LaHoodNorton.com. Principal Office San Antonio, the LaHood Norton Law Group. Official sponsor of the Sports Grind. All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark, producer, Mr. Sands, been the one and twos, 1-800-707-9760. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com, and this next segment is going to be sponsored by Tiger Sanitation. If you're looking for a job, they're always hiring, great company to work for. They do a lot of things for the surrounding community, with, and also a lot of stuff for the local community as well, too. For more information, go to TigerSanitation.com. That is Tiger Sanitation, official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Okay, so before we jump into the recap of the Kansas Jayhawks winning their fourth national title, before we get into that, let's go to the phones here real quick. Let's go to Mike. Mike, you're on the sports ground here on Ticket 760 and 13 on the zone. What's up, Mike? Hey, how y'all doing, guys? All right. Uh, I just wanted to kind of revisit yesterday about the Spurs and uh, kind of agree with you there, Calvin, that uh, this rebuild seems to be taking a little more time than I really think it should. I know Jonas was spinning like a politician yesterday, you know, calling it, I guess, we're, 
and his mind went to year two of the great rebuild with the youth movement. But as far as I'm concerned, this thing's been building since uh, Zsa Zsa stepped on number two's foot up in the bay. Yeah. yeah. You know, so we're six, seven years since then, and we still haven't, we haven't gotten appreciably better. I mean, even though we got this playing thing going on, we're still, like you said, we're ninth, tenth, eleventh place. You yeah. know, I think we got as high as eight there a couple of years back against Denver. But mm-hmm. other yeah. than that, we haven't seemed to either go backward or forward. Like you said, we're just kind of flying like a kite in the wind, not really going anywhere. But where the wind takes us, it seems like you know we're just yeah. And I see a bunch of talent on the team, and I see a bunch of good stats as far as uh, offensive stats. I mean, obviously we get out rebounded too much by uh, too many teams, but. You know, mm-hmm. stats-wise and as far as personality-wise and, and talent level, I think we should probably be a lot better than we are right now. So, Hey, well, and, uh, I, real quick. Go ahead. Real yeah. quick on Tiger Woods, real quick, mm-hmm. man. I just uh, I agree with you on that. I know NBC is hoping he makes the cut. They might expand coverage to take him from the first tee. If he gets to Saturday and Sunday, we might get wall-to-wall Tiger on NBC. But <laughs> uh, here's hoping he uh, gets through it healthy at least the first two rounds. And if he makes the cut, that's a uh, – Icing on top of the cake, I guess. Hmm. Yeah, I hear you. Thanks for the phone call, Mike. Uh, a couple of days before I react to that, I think um, he's, I know he said NBC. CBS still got Masters, right? And that's still CBS. Yeah, CBS. So I know he probably meant CBS coverage. But, yeah, on the Spurs point, this is what I'm saying, Mike. I, I agree. I, that's why I asked it. Like, look, man, yes, I see improvement in 82 games for them to be in this spot. No one had the Spurs in the play-in game. No one here locally. No one here, no one nationally. So, of course, you can sit there and say, hey, I see something. But I think what Mike is seeing, Mike is understanding what I was trying to say. is like you can applaud this, but technically this is – and I don't know if the right word to use is taking longer. It should have been quicker. I don't know if that's the right loose, but what the right thing is to know is that it's kind of in a stagnant situation in regards to where they're at, and it's going to take that leap to go. But to sit there and say – there's nothing bright. To, there's nothing positive to take out of this. There's nothing to see that they're improved. I'm not saying that. I mean, I'm not, I know I, sometimes I can be negative, Nancy. But that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying if that's why I asked. I didn't come in here with a take and said, hey, man, you know what? This don't mean nothing. This is just garbage. I asked the question, like, how much credit do we really give him considering this is kind of where they've been? Now, you know, now let me tell you this. Now, they like regardless if they get the ten spot, okay, and they get in that game, and I think they're gonna have to win two road games to get to the eighth spot, to technically be the eighth seed. I believe they've got to win two road games. Now they do that, and then they become an eight seed this year doing that way, and then they're playing Phoenix, and they get swept, or they get done in five. Okay. Now we're sitting, now we went from being technically out of the playoffs as playing, but now they won two games in the road playoff and they've got the eight to say, okay, now let's build on that. So maybe next season it's a sixth seed. It's a fifth seed. That's all I'm saying. But if it's just a one and done in the playoff game, it's still kind of no man's land. But that's the thing. Uh, but anyway, good phone call, Mike. Not everybody disagrees. I mean, there's some people that are bold. That takes a lot of courage to call up and go on air and say, you know, Calvin, I agree with you. Because the, the sexiest thing forever on the show, like, you know, man, Calvin's kind of fun, but I never hardly agree agree with him. You know, damn who's sitting in the seat next to me. It's like, oh, man, no, that's right. But it takes a lot of cojones. Like Mike had to call and say, you know what, I hear you, Calvin. I see what you're saying. But anyway, okay, so college, Bill Self, Kansas wins their fourth national title. Do it in historic fashion, having the biggest comeback in NCAA history. Previous was basically 15 points. Last night they were down by 16 points. 
came back and won the game and won the title. Um, I've been watching college basketball for a while now, and I've been watching the tournament for a while. And I can't remember a finals game playing out like that in the waves of runs that it did. Uh, you know, Caroline in the first half, I mean, Kansas got off to another fast start. It looked like they picked up right where they left off in the Villanova game, and they were able to get up 9-2, 10-2, or somewhere around there. And then all of a sudden, North Carolina goes on like an 18-1 to run or 50 or something like that. At one time, it was like a 13-15-0 run. And next thing you know, they take a lead. I mean, you're talking about a hell of a swing around, like a 25-point swing around by halftime, going to have a 15-, 16-point lead at halftime. And then coming out in the second half, just like they did against the University of Miami, speaking of Kansas, they come out, and next thing you know, they've shaved a 15-, 16-point lead down to only four, like in four minutes, five minutes, which I thought that was the key. I think, you know, the up-tempo, the, the, you know, Chuck kind of hit on it at halftime about them kind of basically focusing a little bit on McCormick and trying to dump the ball down there and thinking that they were still had the size advantage that they did over Villanova. I think they got caught up in that. Again, you're dealing with 18-, 19-year-old kids that have nerves, that kind of get caught up trying to do too much in that moment. So I think that had a lot to do with their slow start in the first half. But a second half to be able to come back in that fashion – um, you know, I think Carolina, I, I think to be honest with you, love the guard we talked about yesterday. He just had a, he had an off night. I mean, the shots that he was hitting uh, against, you know, the shots that he was getting against Duke and leading up previously in the other turn in the other games they played in this tournament, they wouldn't they, they wouldn't falling. Uh, they they wasn't falling because they were yesterday, and I think you have to give a lot of credit to Bill Self in regards to the adjustments that he made um, at halftime, and really not panicking, and not you know um, letting his kids panic, you know, and not seeing him panic. And I'm pretty sure, just like Miami, the you know they downplayed, but I'm pretty sure the paint came off the walls when they said, "Oh, I didn't have to say too much." No, I've seen Bill Self animated on the sidelines enough to know that he can. He can get after his kids when he when he gets after them. And the truth of it is, uh, the kid that won the uh, MVP, Obaji, or what is that how you pronounce the name? Yeah, Obaji. Um, I kind I think he got bailed out because he had a horrible shooting from the field and he missed a lot of free throws. I think he got bailed out by his teammates. I don't know that I would say that he really should have gave him the MVP. But make no mistake about it. He's probably the one true guy that's an NBA guy, a lottery pick or talent on that team. So we've, you know, uh, Casey Robb called in. I mean, we talked about it on the show a lot of experts who said, like, hey, this isn't one of these most talented Kansas uh, Kansas rosters. And Bill talked about it. He said, well, first of all, I think they're more talented when people give them respect. But, no, you don't have no three or four first-round lottery picks on this Kansas team. I mean, so, therefore, that makes it even more impressive to what they had. And they said, you know, a lot of people that are his peers and coaching and a lot of people that have covered the sport and have been analysts that are more in-depth in the sport than I am has said that, you know, Bill Self is one of those guys that he feels like you know he can take your team and beat you with your own team in your roster because he just knows how to get the best out of what he's working with you know and I think that title yesterday I mean there's only three coaches well there there was only there's only three coaches now I believe that are active that have multiple titles now now that coach K's gone there's only three coaches that got multiple titles that are active that's Bill Self that's Jay Wright, and that's uh, in the kitchen after hours. Rick Pitino, okay, and he's uh, he and, and be honest and like that one he got at Louisville that was vacated. 
but you can't never take. He won it on the court. I mean, he but it's vacated championship. But that's the only three. There's only three coaches now with multiple championships since Coach K is gone. Roy Williams no longer here. And I didn't even bring up this yesterday on the show. Like Roy Williams, I expect him because before years ago when he first left Kansas to go to North Carolina, I mean, it was one of those with, oh, I show up in the tournament they play. I've got one shirt on this Kansas. I got another one Carolina. I was thinking last night, like, how many times is the camera going to pan over to Roy knowing, like, are you, I mean, you've been pretty much removed from Kansas a while, but are you still going to have that tour? But the, the, that tear between two. But the crazy thing about it is, is that those two coaches playing, coaching you know, Hubert Davis and, and Bill Self, coaching in last night's game, the both thing, they both, Proceeded Roy Williams to get their gig to where that was at. Remember, you know, Bill Self took over when Roy Williams left Kansas. You know, Roy Williams retired. Davis took over there. So I thought that was an interesting fun fact that slept. But congratulations to Kansas. Now, the question I have with this is kind of leads into that, speaking to Mike's phone call about the Spurs. If I'm R.C. Buford, like even if it's not for next year, do I start picking up that phone and talking to Bill? Because, you know, it, it comes to the point to where you got a lot of conference championships. Um, they're not really, if you look at the favorites going in early next year, they're not one of the teams that's really favored to even get back. Speed of Kansas. I mean, they're always going to get blue chip players, have the opportunity to get blue chip players. But if you're really looking for somebody that's going to replace Pop when it's time for that, and that's what I said, not even if it's next year. Do you start, if you're, if you, if you're RC or you're the do you start getting in bills because I think due to the fact of how young this team is with the Spurs and they're going to get younger when you add two, whether they package these picks and move in the top two or they really take three first-round picks, that's going to add to the youth. And who's better than somebody coming into taking over, whether it Pop's going to be here for 2023 and we're talking about 2024, who's better to take over unless if you go out and get one of these respected coaches that are in college to take over? And the connection in the Rumorville has always been there with Bill Self and the Spurs. Just food for thought, you know, because I think that if you can come in and, you know, he can get that roster to kind of play. And I'm not saying they were horrible because I still think most of the teams they ran up against in the NCAA, they were better at them in all five positions for the most part. But that's not one of his talented teams, you know. So I just feel like if you can get a guy to do that, imagine. But the other part of it is it goes back to, the Nick Saban factor in Alabama. If you're if you're Bill Self, you're Jay Wright, and you run those type of programs when you really run it the way you want to run to it, and you got the pick from the best all McDonald's All American every year, the top fifty, top one hundred recruits. Do you really want to leave that grind to go to the grind of the NBA and deal with multi millionaire guaranteed contracts type of players? And that's the big – I mean, Coach K went through it when Kobe – the late Kobe was trying to recruit him to go to L.A. at the time when Phil left early on. He was close. I remember Coach K saying that was the closest he ever got, you know, leaving you know Duke to L.A. But then Coach K got his fix, his NBA fix, by coaching the Olympic team and proving what he could do to bring the Olympic, the, the national team back to glory standards and restore order across the world. So he got to his itch to feel that. But if I'm the Spurs – if I'm going outside the family, which I still have to believe it to see it, that they're going to go outside the family on who's going to replace Pop when that time comes, where there's 2022, uh, 2023, 2024, um, I have to see it to believe it. But if you're going to go outside the family, I would be looking at 
a college coach that is has the name brand as of and in the in the, the skills of dealing with young talent such as a Jay Wright or Bill Self. That's just that that's my opinion. If you're going to go, because all these assistant coaches that Pop has groomed, the 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 Dokas, uh, whether you want to say Bud, whether you want to say uh, you know uh, my man Monty, will they're all got jobs. And and it's going to be hard by now to even get that ladder moving, which you're hearing today. Of course, I guess I don't know if it's Rick Buke or somebody. There's a report out today that you know after the season, the Lakers plan on parting ways with Frank Vogel, and the names are being rumored. The two names are, and I kind of told you this. I was hearing about this was Doc Rivers and Snyder, the guy from Utah. You know, now I think either one of the, if that's true. And, you know, there was rumors that Snyder could be the guy that's going to replace the Spurs, you know, coach the summer league in Austin here. But I think if either of those are true, you're going to have to get – and that report is true about Frank Vogel, which I think you're getting a raw deal. But anyway, and I've never been a Frank Vogel fan. But I feel that you're going to have to give up some draft capital to get either one of them coaches, either one of them organizations. I don't care. Utah can go out in the first round. But due to the fact that they know there'll be five teams lined up for Snyder, you're going to have to give up some draft capital to get one of those guys. But congratulations to Kansas. I know they've knocked on the door uh, quite a bit. They've had some sweet 16 losses. They've had some more talented. They've had been number one seeds and had elite eight losses. There's been some hardship besides the one that he got prior to that. But I think this is the one um, that really, you know, stamps his legacy of making him one of the the great college coaches over time. It doesn't mean it's fair. But the truth of the matter is that's why I said yesterday that he needed this one. Like he needed this one to go ahead and capture to get him to that point where, hey, okay, Bill Self's in the game. And then now he's running. And who's to say it's probably not his last? It just depends on if he wants to be with And, again, the part of that is I don't know if Bill Self is an NBA guy either. I don't know if he really wants that. I think the only chance they would have is that connection of RC and the type of organization is very low key, not a bunch of media. You have to deal with that. You can run it your way. It could be similar to what he has in Kansas. It could be similar to what Jay Wright would have in Villanova. I know Jay Wright and his wife is on record saying they love it in San Antonio. They just said it when they came down here. That's what I was like, you hear that East Houston? You know? Because it comes down to panel like, hey, man, we love you, man, but we we we, 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 we got to get young. We got to get one of these young cats that got something in to, this to steer this thing to go forward. That's just what it is. We'll see. We'll see. But no, and we'll get into the spur. Like I said, they're in Denver tonight. They win. Lakers lose. They guaranteed the 10th spot. Um, so that'll be something. We'll have to see how that plays out. We got that. I want to get Magic Johnson's comments about LeBron, how much of this is on LeBron. We've got to talk about that. I definitely want to talk about this Saints and Eagles trade. I see what the Eagles are doing. Gronk says he's uncommitted, whether he's 100% in. And you know how my theory, if you're talking or thinking retirement, you don't know. I don't even think his guy, Tommy, might be able to convince him. Say, come on, Gronk, because I know he's begging him every day. But Gronk has talked about that. We'll talk all about that when we get back. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by HazelSkyOnline.com. We'll be back.